Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. How are you? Third time is a charm. We, uh, we've we tried to start the show. This is the third time. It's just one of those days where I am. I have a thunderstorm that's rumbling through. And mm-hmm. so we got a late start today. I didn't want to have all this electrical equipment on while, you know, uh, lightning bolts were landing uh, on either side of either side of me, but uh, things have calmed down a bit. But if you hear any rumble, folks, in the background, uh, that's what's going on where I am. How about where you are? How's the weather up in Beantown? Uh, but actually, I'm looking. Uh, it's well, no, it's a little overcast. Nothing nope. bad. I'm I, I hit the road today. I'm back into Pennsylvania, heading back to uh, the uh, Commonwealth of Pennsylvania from the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. You know that they're both Commonwealths. Yeah, you know what? And anytime you move into a state with a commonwealth, uh, commonly known that uh, you're pretty well screwed. Uh, <laughs> oh, you got to love it. You don't it. really want to live in a commonwealth. I mean, <laughs> not saying anything against the state. The state has, the geography has nothing to do, the landscape has nothing to do with the stupid people that are occupying it. Have you heard anything capitals. about, and this is, I haven't got anything here to talk about, but I haven't heard a thing from Fetterman or Fetterman's office. Recently. You know, he's about due to come out, uh, I think, this week or next week. You Probably next week now. We're, we're down to the end of the week. But supposedly he's going to come out, and they say. Yes. I'll better listen. than he was before. And I and Ooh. I took note of that when they said that. What are you telling us? You've got a, <laughs> you have a Fetterstein? Yes. Modern technology uh, at its best. He'll, be, he'll come out, and his eyes will be bright. He'll be articulate. Wow, that would be quite a yeah, change. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah. you know, amazingly, in, in his incapacitated role, he was able to, uh, you know, pen some bills while he was in the hospital. He'll he'll come out and he'll say this. And first, I just wanted to check in and see how, how you're feeling and how you're doing. I'm doing fa- I'm doing fantastic, and and uh, it's not about kicking balls uh, in the authority or anything. <laughs> Actually, uh, it is about kicking balls in the authority, apparently, if you're a Democrat. <laughs> That's the truth. Oh, heavens. Uh, do you know that up uh, in New York where they have the protesters... There yeah. is actually a guy in the crowd who is dressed with the horns and the fur vest, just like the QAnon shaman, they call him. That's what they call him down uh, at January 6th, which is not what he was. He was just a retired Navy veteran who decided to dress up. <laughs> That's all he was. But they have a guy up in New York. So the crowd gathered around this guy in New York and said, you're a Fed. You've got wires on. And the guy said, I don't have wires on. And the guy literally stripped to his waist, right? No wires. And, of course, they applauded him and welcomed him, welcomed him to the protest. But I was thinking nowadays uh, you still can have wires. You, just you know, that, that's, that outfit uh, has yes. been around for a while. You know, yes. People, uh, partiers for, for football playoff games. Oh, sure. Yeah. Wear an outfit like that. So, you know, the, the left really was making a lot of to do about nothing to, to do for. I got to tell you, though, they gave the guy in Washington four years in jail yeah. for his and participation. They're going after more. Well, my, yeah, they're going after 1,200 more guys. But if, if the guy wore the fur and the horns to a protest and he got four years in jail, would you dress up? For the next protest in, in, in fur and horns, you might get six years in jail. 
You know, I'm I'm just saying. I I think I'd uh, be a little more subtle than that. You know, I was gonna do a uh, I was gonna do a picture with a guy walking down the road yesterday, um, just right down the street. You know, mm-hmm. you have all kinds. Uh, there's a guy that uh, dresses up like Pirates of the Caribbean uh, in his complete headgear, everything mm-hmm. Jack Sparrow, and he's even got the, the yeah. mannerisms and the voice down. Yeah, and people look and they think, "Oh my God." Is Johnny that? Depp is here, and because he looks like the real Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. I was just going to walk up and start talking to the guy and let somebody take a couple of pictures and say, you never know who you run into. That's uh, true. Which is true. You never do know. You who knew what was Johnny into. Depp when he when he left the crowd and got in his 1972 Volkswagen and drove away. <laughs> hey. um, anyway, uh, Mike Davis is a former associate, uh, a former I guess he worked as a, an aide to Justice Gorsuch and to Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley at different times in his career. He's a smart guy. He's a lawyer. He was being interviewed yesterday with Steve Bannon, and he talked about uh, the different cases that they're trying to make stick against President Trump. And here's what he had to say. Mike Davis uh, joins us. Mike, we haven't had time to kind of break down. This, and I want to make sure the people, the, the problems in the country are so awful right now. But you're seeing Davis, and I know you're a law and order guy, a lawyer, the rule of law. This is as disturbing as anything that's going on, the administrative state, and basically, once again, tearing up the rule book and changing the rules on uh, this fiasco. This is an embarrassment, not an embarrassment to, to President Trump. This is an embarrassment to the country, Mike Davis. Yeah, so George Soros-funded Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg is bringing a political prosecution against President Trump, and he is coming up with a bogus legal theory, trumped-up charges against President Trump, essentially he's taking a 2016 uh, settlement of a nuisance claim by President Trump and somehow transforming that into a felony campaign finance violation. Even the liberal New York Times has thrown shade on this theory. Jonathan Turley wrote a piece uh, uh, trying, uh, asking how this is not outside of the five-year statute of limitations, even if you can plausibly uh, make this legal theory. A, even in New York, even in Manhattan, Aid. Uh, but, but, but hang on, is it? It's not even. It doesn't. But, but it doesn't even rise to a campaign finance. Isn't it just a bookkeeping thing of how the expenses, how the accountants charge the expenses? I mean, isn't it down to the level of just some misdemeanor? And to even make it relevant, they got to then put some bogus conspiracy charge on. I mean, the actual thing they're looking at is really an administrative bookkeeping entry thing about about administrative about where these legal expenses or where the other expenses. Am I wrong in that? It's not, it's not even. The, it's campaign finance thing is kind of a, a side part of that, not even race to it. Am I, am I right or wrong on that? Well, what, what, what Alvin Bragg is doing, he's turning a, at best, a bookkeeping misdemeanor that's never prosecuted. And at the, the problem is, is this is back in 2016, so we're outside of the two-year statute of limitations in New York. So he's coming up with this bogus legal theory to transform this into a felony, and somehow he's going to he's gonna charge Trump with this felony. It's going to backfire. This is going to backfire badly on the Democrats, just like Mar-a-Lago, where Trump's poll numbers went up by 11 points. Trump's poll numbers are going to go up again. You're already seeing Republicans 
both factions, including people who don't like Trump, uh, rallying behind Trump, going after Alvin Bragg. And frankly, this is going to undermine the Democrats' other uh, bogus investigations, including the Fulton County investigation and special counsel Jack Smith investigation on Mar-a-Lago. Those are all three of these investigations are bogus, but this Alvin Bragg one is the most bogus. His own office, the Manhattan DA's office, declined to prosecute this. So did the Manhattan U.S. Attorney's Office. These, this is not a felony. This is not a campaign finance violation. Uh, former FEC Commissioner Brad Smith wrote a piece saying how this is not a campaign finance violation. They are trying to get Trump. They are worried that they can't beat him in the polls, and so they're simply going to indict him. This will guarantee that President Trump wins the Republican primary and that he wins back the White House in 2024 after Alvin Bragg indicts him. And it's going to undermine Jack Smith's and Fulton County DA's investigations. You're, you're a man of the law. And in fact, I know you personally quite well. Uh, I'm, I'm honored to call you a friend and a colleague. And I've seen that you've done things to, to, to help the people. Uh, at the at the expense of your own personal net worth and the revenues you can make and the jobs you could the the law firms you can work at all that because you're you're a tribune of the people. Have you ever seen in your profession ever seen prominent institutions and quite frankly very prominent people just tear up the rule book? You know we talked about today in the capital markets in Switzerland they just changed the law overnight, right? They just did SPP every day you had these institutions in the capital markets economy just they're right right up on Capitol Hill right now they're over treasury right now trying to weasel around how they get around the fdic rules so they can under they can guarantee all the fat cats uh, um, all the fat cats uh, deposits but have you ever seen here in law this assault on president trump there's something deeply sick about it and, and I want to have a man of the law explain it to me. How, how could these great institutions, these prominent people from the finest law schools and the law firms, be after this guy like a pack of jackals at every level, sir? Yeah, I mean, we've seen this since before he was elected. Russia, Russia, Russia. They've impeached him twice. It's constant, constant bogus investigations while they ignore the Biden family being clearly on the Chinese payroll. I mean, that's indisputable now that there were payments from the CCP to the Biden family over a million dollars, right? They can't hide that. That was House Oversight Chairman James Comer's uh, subpoena to the banks, and that, it's indisputable now. Maybe that's why Alvin Bragg is repackaging these uh, these charges that his office and the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan previously rejected. But remember, Steve, we've talked about this. This is no longer our parents or grandparents' Democrat Party. These are not liberals who love America and just disagree with conservatives on the best way to get there. These are leftists. These are these are people. These are Marxists. They hate America. They they hate due process. They, they believe in Me Too. They hate equality. They believe in equity. They hate free speech. They believe in censorship what people want to know is the letter from jim jordan is it meaningful is it is it in the right direction is this not it's not to protect the president but to actually make sure that this thing is explained to people do you think it'll have any impact will, will alvin uh, bragg respond to it well, I don't know if Bragg is going to respond, but I think it's it's a, a a very good letter by Jim Jordan, I, and he deserves credit for this. I'm a constant critic of Jim Jordan, but I, I'm going to give him credit where credit's due, and this is an important letter because it sends a very strong message that we're not going to allow our country to, to devolve into a third world third world Marxist hellhole, banana republic, where these local George Soros funded prosecutors think they get to decide the election for the American 
people, the, the American people get to decide who's going to be the president, not George Soros's puppet prosecutor, Alvin Bragg in Manhattan. I think the deadline for that letter, the Jordan letter, was today. I think Bragg was supposed to respond by today. So that'll be interesting to see yeah. whether he does. Um, you know, there's 600 pieces, 600 pages of evidence that was given to uh, this guy Bragg and not shown to the jury. Yeah, but they have an agenda. What they want to do is it's really, a, a, it's all about a photo op. And they're already standing by with another Mar-a-Lago thing, and they're going to keep doing this. They're going to go next, 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 because this is all about marketing. They're worried about Trump when it comes uh, 2024. Yeah. So they want to taint him and taint, uh, it's about contributions. I mean, can't campaign contributions. What happened with Trump, and that's the big news cycle right now, is that, well, you know, people came to his rescue uh, with 1.5 million bucks over three days or something like that. Might have been a little bit more money, but uh, I didn't get an email or any anything. No. Like, hey, we need your help. It's not like he needs the money. Yeah, you know. well, actually he does. I mean, he shouldn't have to fight this alone. If he is our chosen one, then we got to stand with him. And the Dems know that. So they want to sit there and they want to cut off his money supply uh, to him by us. And the only way they know to do that in corporate money, too, you know, corporate, they might go, yeah, we got to put money in Trump. Well, do we really want to put money in a guy that has been processed and publicly put out there? Doesn't mean that there's any water to the case. It just means that. You know, it's all optics. And you wonder what, what kind of democratic want. pressure he, uh, this guy Bragg is getting. Uh, you wonder whether guys like uh, like Schumer or the like, you know, be Schumer's a friend of Bragg. You would think mm -hmm. that Schumer might be calling him on his private line and saying, hey, listen, you're giving this Trump guy more ammunition. Uh, he's only getting stronger from that. He's feeding off of this. The best thing is not to pursue this you wonder whether now whether uh bragg's ego is just going to be too too great for him to stop the process do you know i think he does have an ego from it as far as schumer goes i don't know anything about the guy i, I don't know i mean i know about the guy but i, I don't know what his expertise is what is well, his the, all i know is it's, i know they're friends I, there's a picture yeah. today if you look on the uh, one of the websites that we we go to occasionally, you'll see um, a picture of Schumer and Bragg together, buds, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, anything could happen. They, they didn't have the um, scheduled indictment yesterday. They were going to call the jury together and have the indictment start yesterday. That was postponed. Now they're saying that they should be on hold for today. They're not saying come in, just stay by your phone and be prepared to come in uh, because we may do something today. There's also talk, there's one more witness that uh, Bragg is trying to to get in front of, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. They want someone with some kind of detail that they can twist, manipulate, or do whatever with just so they can sit there and uh, you know pretend like they're making a case. It really backfired when they got uh, Robert Costello in. 
at the beginning of the week. They thought Costello was going to be a valuable uh, witness. He came in. He was the guy who came in with the reams of evidence and said right. and said that Michael Cohen cannot be trusted. The guy, the guy said in front of um, Costello and other people, he said, "There's no way I'm going to f in jail." That was his his words, not mine. Uh, I, I'll do anything it takes. Anything it takes, he said. And he said he said it about 20 times in the course of a meeting as he was now, pacing he back up? and forth. He went to jail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's funny how that works. So he, he cut a deal, and he didn't get the deal to begin with. But, you know, he'll keep cutting that deal until he finally gets it because that's we, what he thinks. You know what else is interesting, Bill, is they're saying that uh, he was, a. I guess, I think Cohen was a lawyer. I, I I could be wrong, but I think Cohen was a lawyer. You would think he would know better, that he would have a handle on what's going on. But now he, I think, is blinded by his hatred for Trump so much that he wants to see Trump go to jail, and he'll do anything to do it. Well, that's a lot of people in the Democrat Party. And right now they look at this case, and they, you know, they've been built about, boy, think about the pictures we're going to have. And they can't wait. You know, the the the... the the ones out in the public, they're sitting there going, I can't wait to post that meme. Yeah. You know, and the Democrat Party, they're sitting there going, boy, just think, you know, a picture of Trump in handcuffs, and then there's Mr. Biden. You know, and they they want to sit there and paint a picture that it's a false picture, but that's the one they want to paint. And they're going to do anything they can to get that piece of canvas. And once they get it, then they don't care. They're also saying that the $130,000 payment to Stormy Daniels, the uh, porn uh, actress, I won't say star, they use the term star. They throw the term star around these days uh, like it's uh, nothing. Uh, it Anyway, they say the $130,000 payment actually came from Cohen, not from Trump. It was never reimbursed or re- repaid by Trump. It was a direct payment from Cohen. He was, you know, he was trying to squash the deal, and so that, in reality, uh, the 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 big payment that Trump supposedly made to this porn actress actually didn't come from Trump. It came from Michael Cohen. Yeah, and they're trying to sell the thin narrative to their voting populace that well, you know, this was. Yeah, this is, was election fraud. You know, it was campaign abuse of the money or abuse of campaign money. And it's not. Clearly it's not, but people don't pay attention uh, yeah. to the law. Yeah. And I, I got to tell you, uh, they are the one thing that I, Laura Ingram, you know, gave advice to Trump. And some I'm going, yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. I get what you're saying. And some I might agree with, some I wouldn't. But the one thing that I do agree with, Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm going to be cautious how I say this because I am not. Um, I believe Trump won. Right. All right. I sincerely believe that. But with that said, in my heart, I know he won. But I can't go back and change what happened in time and history. And as long as we're going Trump won, Trump won, Trump won, Trump won, and they're out there controlling the narrative of the news, the left, that is. And the Democrats, and we are the election deniers. We're not. We're not moving forward. We need to hold Democrats' feet uh, feet to the fire. 
Uh, look at all the things that uh, are looming out there for Joe Biden. Now, you don't want to do it in a way that keeps him in the spotlight, but he's in the spotlight anyway. Mm -hmm. They're going to shine a positive picture on him. Keep the negativity flowing. I mean, he's sitting there swimming in the muck. While, keep him in the muck. While the media gleefully and in totality races to New York to cover this story, which has no no beef. This, You know when they, the old TV Where's commercial? The yeah, there ain't no beef in this uh in this story, but they're out there anyway. While they're up there covering this story, the real story down in Washington about the corruption in the Biden family goes basically ignored. It's, it's people just go about their their business and pretend there's nothing there, and it just gets worse and worse, uh, which is mind-boggling because it says there are two types of law. There's a law for Trump, and there's a, a different law for Biden. The standards right. are different, you know? Uh, and by the way, uh, while all of this noise is happening in the Northeast and the Big Apple, I don't know whether you're aware of this or not, but uh, Z and uh, Putin formed an alliance, a serious alliance, an alliance that has never been... Uh, in existence until uh, the day before yesterday, and mm -hmm. it's between China and Russia, and they left buddy buddies uh, shaking hands. I thought they were going to hug and kiss when uh, the meeting was over, and this is because Biden and his administration, instead of trying to broker a deal or try to mend or, or, or create a better relationship with these two countries independently, keep them apart. They literally forced those two countries, pushed them together. So now there's, there's a, a new alliance that we have to be concerned with because if uh, something happens to Russia, you know, now it would appear that China can come in and, and help them out. Well, you know, during the Biden administration, Biden has, has helped China in so many ways. Now, it cost us more for fuel. Don't be, don't be surprised by that because you're going, well, it seems to be coming down again. Uh, Our strategic uh, supply is gone because he sold it to China, gave right. it to China. He's given our, our security blanket away. We could produce here, but he shut off that corridor of opportunity. Now, China, on the other hand, now can get their fuel cheaper than we can they get a special discount for it. And that means Russia does too. Uh, manufacturing. You know, we didn't take a competitive edge. We gave it to China. And we gave it to them on several different levels. Got a Pharmaceuticals, question. food, manufacturing, widgets, toys, everything. We give, we have a deal with China. We give them our oil. We sell them our oil at a discount from our reserve. It goes to China. Then China says, "Well, we don't need any more oil. Let's uh, let's sell it to Russia. Can that happen? Could could we yes. indirectly be shipping our oil to Russia? I mean, yeah, that, I mean, how how can we stop China from working a deal with Russia? We can't. Well, uh, yeah, and we, uh, I, I still go back to: Do we need to be in this war? Now, I feel sorry for the." Ukrainian Ukrainian people here, this place where I stay in in uh, actually it's Cambridge, but uh, uh, 
either way, there's a guy that, that works here. Uh, today's his last day. He retires today because he needs to go see his family. Now, he doesn't agree with everything that's going on over there. He sends most of his money to Croatia and his family. So he's going, yeah, I really don't want to go, but I got to protect my family. How do you feel about the Ukraine-Russian war? Ukraine-Russia. You know, you you wouldn't want to hear the answer, but it's it's not necessarily the Ukraine, you know. Well, and should we be there? And he's not a, a citizen, obviously. No, we shouldn't be there. So what the hell are we doing there? Well, you know, besides an alliance uh, between Russia and China, I don't know that you're aware of this or not, but China brokered a deal between Saudi Arabia in Iran. Yeah, they have not a good one. No, but they have never been friends. They've been enemies for years, for decades. Uh, didn't uh, didn't uh, Trump, while he was in office, broker a first-time deal? You know, of well, you know, all I can tell you is I don't think Biden has brokered one peace deal with anybody. Can you think of anybody he's brokered a no, deal he's, with? No, he's tore up peace deals. He's tore up... Uh, you know, the, the relationship we built with Israel under Trump, uh, he tore that down as quick as he could. I'm and so, in yeah. my mind, you know, you talk about the battle of good and evil. So evil comes in and goes, this is not what I want. And Mr. Biden would be Mr. Evil. So it's amazing. I, I happen to agree with you 100%. I, I, I think of Biden as everyone, some people look at him and think, oh, he's like an old grandfather. No, he's not. Please, trust me, you have to look at his deeds, his actions. Don't look at his persona. He is a guy who has, who has just destroyed everything uh, that is strong and good about our country. I went through a list. Do I have it here in my stack of stuff? Uh, Probably do. Yeah, I do. I'm going to read this again, Bill, if you don't mind, because uh, it's a short list of things. Not really short. It's a list of things that the Biden administration has obliterated. It's obliterated our borders, our banking system, the U.S. oil reserves, our energy sector, our justice system, elections, U.S. foreign policy, consumer prices through through inflation, American tradition, uh, leave no man behind. That's gone. Women's sports, mm -hmm. forget about it. U.S. standing in the world, that's gone. U.S. swagger on the global stage, eliminated. And U.S. leadership, there is none. Those are some of the things that Biden's done in his two and a half years in office. In the meantime, uh, he goes on stage and he welcomes uh, people to a women's convention or conference in, at the White House, and he talks about Jill writing messages to him and leaving him on the mirror in the bathroom. Listen. We were talking inside. Jill has, and I think I told Nancy this before, Jill has put some messages on my mirror while I'm shaving, so I make sure I see it. <laughs> and one that was put in about a year ago was, stop trying to make me love you. Oh, gag me. You know, people laugh at his stuff. And, and I, I'm sorry. He's about as funny as a kick in the groin, as far as you I'm know, concerned. Uh, I don't believe anything he says because he's been everywhere. He's been, uh, he's, uh, he's 
been every um, what's the he's word been I'm in just about every nationality in the country. Oh, <laughs> he's a black man. He's a white man. He's an Indian man. Yes. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't know if you know this or not. Yes. But now he hasn't spoken about this yet. But oh. if he hears me talk about it, okay, uh, he will actually mention. He was on one of the space flights to the moon. You just didn't know it. Well, he was. I know he was selected, and he was actually one of the trainers for the yeah, uh, the mission. He really was. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's because, a, while it was a part time job, because he was still senator at the time. Yeah, it was. And but you know, one of the things that he can teach. Yes. Is you, you know you can sit the the G force of the rocket. And yes. Let's say you're in trouble, and the, the G force is there. Yes. Can create that mental fog, and he is an expert. Yes. On shuffling through a mental fog. I also heard that they they wanted him to be on the missions, even though he never got there. I don't right, think. Right. But they wanted him on the missions because if they got on a on the the surface of the moon and they met an alien or something, they could confuse the alien so much with his yeah. presence and his dialogue that uh, the alien wouldn't want to visit our. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, he, he might even be able to communicate with it. Well, which that's is, true, too. And the only president in history that could ever, ever think to do anything like that. Joe is, he's an incredible man. And uh, even though his poll numbers are, you know, uh, they've been flushed down the toilet. Oh, I know. Um, yeah. You know, he's still uh, an important But that person. doesn't mean much because his poll numbers weren't very good at the last election. I mean, if you'll remember correctly, and you pointed this out to me many times before in the past, I think you even said you drove by one of his rallies up where you are in northeastern oh, yeah. PA, and there were like six people there, and I guess five of them were Secret Service. And um, Yeah, I mean, there were six cars in the parking lot at a place that uh, <laughs> yeah. might hold 30,000 cars. I'm like, going, huh? Yes. So well, we're in, well, 30,000 might be a stretch, but either way, it was a baseball field, and uh, there was nobody there. It was him and I think it was Cooper Anderson, that, uh, whatever his name is, from CNN. Well, talk, uh, not, uh, I mean, uh, Anderson Cooper. Anderson, Anderson Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. Cooper Anderson probably works well, too. You know? Yeah, <laughs> well, either way, well, you know, when you're, uh, you, yeah, you, I know. you're allowed yeah. to switch things up. That's true. You know that um, this weekend, Trump is having a rally in Waco, Texas, Mm -hmm. And he didn't call it off. With all of this noise that's going on up in uh, New York, you would think that a lot of guys would say, I, I just don't feel up to it. I, I can't go down and do a rally. Not Trump. He'll be there. He'll, if they indicted him today, he'll be at the rally this weekend on Saturday. You know, one of the things Trump was doing yesterday, he goes, yeah, I've come to grips with uh, being perp-walked. He goes, as a matter of fact, when I'm walking along with handcuffs, he goes, I'm just going to smile and look at people. He goes, and I'm trying to think about what I'm going to say, you know? <laughs> and I'm like going, boy, now, is that not a kick in the teeth to the left? Because, wait a minute, he wants to be perp walked? Maybe that's why they don't want to indict him now. It's like, he wants, what has he got second. up his sleeve? Yeah, exactly. Because if he's sitting there going, yeah, hey, like, you know, smiling. It'll be the new fashion and trend. Come, and all the crowd's going, yeah. You know what they'll yeah, be doing at the rallies? They'll be people will be they'll be waving at him at him as if he had they have their hands in handcuff. It'll become a new rally uh, rallying signal, you know. Yeah, you know. So you know they talk about they want the they want the optics. Maybe Trump Trump said, you know what, I'm going to take their optics, yeah. and put them where they belong. Well, uh, he is he's a master showman. He 
is a terrific marketer, and he's not a politician. People say, well, what do you mean he's not? a He's not. Politicians inherently lie. And politicians, they make promises that they just know that they're not going to keep. I mean, if right. you're if they're in a crowd of people and they and the and he the people seem to want to hear about a, a pay increase, then that politician will stand up there and he'll talk about the pay increase that he'll get and then he'll walk off the stage and forget he ever made the promise. Whereas Trump, mind you, he will make a promise. I will get this country back on its feet. And even with all of the noise and all of the the uh talk about the Russia tapes and all these things, all that nonsense, he still does an amazing job for the country. And then the pandemic is fostered on him. It's dumped in his lap. He continues to keep the country financially uh, and politically healthy. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and this guy Biden gets into office and the first thing he does is he pulls the ping on the gr- political grenade and destroys everything that Trump was doing. I heard a story yesterday, Bill. This is sad. I saw the picture, too. You may have seen it. A mm-hmm. two-year-old boy, little boy, they found him trying to come across the border. Actually, what happened was a pregnant woman, illegal, was coming across the border, and as she was coming across, she came across this little boy in a green jacket and his little... Uh, blue jeans and a backpack and he was two and nobody was with him and so this Mm -hmm. this lady took the little boy to the border guards and the little boy he's being interrogated and he you can see he's he's confused he doesn't know where he is inside the backpack whoever left him there left an address in louisiana i think in new orleans they wanted him to be taken to this address. So somebody took a two-year-old kid to the border, dumped him off by himself, wished him luck, and left him. And this is the kind of terrible stories that are happening thanks to Joe Robinette Biden and his mm-hmm. administration. You know, this border czar, Carmela Harris, she's supposed to be the... Czar. That means the person who is controlling our border. Listen, she was at that uh, that conference yesterday, that that meeting or whatever it was at the White House for women. And here's what she did. And thank you also to President Biden. (laughs) You can judge a strong man when he has strong women around him. for a second gentleman of the United States of America. Oh, I got to tell you, maybe the most annoying laugh I've ever heard, more of a cackle. You know, she would, if if they were redoing The Wizard of Oz. I was just, I'll get you, my pretty. <laughs> yes, and your little dog, too. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> that's, our, that's our border czar. She's uh, up in... Washington giggling and laughing. I don't think she's been to the border. I don't think in all the time that she's had the position, she has not been down to the border. Now, Joe got close to the border, I guess. Uh, One time they went down and they sanitized part of a town. Remember that? Was it El Paso? 
they sanitized the section. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. they yeah they they took them down there. Took and, all the homeless uh, off the street. Out of there. Yeah, took all the homeless off the street. You know, hosed everything down. Swept it really good. This is our town. Yeah, you like this. In the meantime, the homeless are being huddled over in some field somewhere <laughs> while Joe's in town. And when he leaves, back they go to the street. Yeah, well, they don't care about the homeless. They'll say they do, but they don't. They don't want to do anything to rehabilitate them, help them, or anything of that nature. Now, we are talking about reparations on California. And, you know, I do believe that maybe uh, California should succeed because I sure as hell <laughs> will not pay for those reparations. Yeah. Because I didn't do anything. My dad didn't do anything. My grandfather didn't do anything. Need and I say And California more? was never a slave state. Just, well, that I'm just is saying. true, too. <laughs> uh, you got to love it. But, hey, listen, that is facts have never gotten in the way of a liberal policy. Never. I mean, they will pursue something. It just seems like a great money grab, doesn't it? Um, and they're going Absolutely. for it. Um, there's talk, I guess, that, what, they could divide California into three different states if they want to? I know there's, there's two anyway that they're they're, they're yeah. Shooting. I mean, you, look, California, uh, despite uh, you know popular belief, is really not a democratic state. But the way that they divide and conquer, San Francisco is democratic. Right. Los Angeles is democratic. San Diego. Uh, those are population strongholds, but the rest of the state is conservative. You know. So how in the hell? You know. But they're still trying to take a portion of uh, Washington State and give it to Idaho, aren't they, too? Uh, mm -hmm. And they're still working on that. A lot of people aren't very happy with uh, their states and what's happening in, in their name. I mean, look at where we live in Pennsylvania. Uh, in southwestern Pennsylvania, there's Pittsburgh. That's Democratic. Big Democratic machine. In eastern Pennsylvania, there's Philadelphia. Another Democratic city with a big Democratic machine. Mm -hmm. They control they can manipulate how elections go but what do they say and it really is a derogatory statement but they'll say pennsylvania it's uh it's Pen what do they call it pennsylvania sandwich between alabama they make some derogatory remark in that the state of pennsylvania is mostly red that's what they're saying it's 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 a it's a red it state is. Uh, there are a lot of conservatives in Pennsylvania, but they're manipulated for, by these big, strong Democratic political political machines in the big city. Yeah, and you even look at the the amount of uh, real estate that Allegheny County covers, right? Uh, because Allegheny County uh, is is Pittsburgh, but really, then you got the city limits, and even in Allegheny County, well, if you go over in what is Butler's a part of Allegheny County, right? That's Butler County. That's Butler yeah. County. But right there, okay, you're on the coast. Close. You're close. Well, yeah, okay, now all of a sudden it's conservative. Those people in Butler used to live in Allegheny County. Washington they got County. got the hell out of Allegheny County because of the taxes, everything else. So the conservative money moved. Washington County, right next to Allegheny County. Uh, it's just to the south of Allegheny County. Uh, that's mm -hmm. uh, a big uh, Republican area, big uh, conservative area. You're right, there are... Large amount. There's a large amount of conservatives in the state, but uh, they are, like I said, the elections are manipulated by the Democratic machines in the state. 
It's a, it's a racial term, but they used to say in real estate, you can't talk about it. But, you know, there was white plight. You know, oh, what, we have a black man in the neighborhood, we got to move. And a big deal, you know, but that that's white plight. But you do have political plight, too. And that is, you know, at some point in time, they're, they're BS when it comes to you know, let's re-regulate this place. Let's tax this. Let's do that. Let's put mm. these rules in the place. You know, you get sick of it. You know, you, what you you might have been pay, uh, paying two thousand dollars a year in property taxes. You know, well, the Democrats take over. Oh no, 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 no. We've reassessed everything. It's it's eight thousand a year. Why? Well, you know, look look at look at what the gas prices nationally. Uh, yeah. Biden will say, "What well, what brought the gas prices down? What brought them? The prices have come down." What he doesn't tell you is that when he got into office, they were $2 a gallon, and he raised it to $5. And then if he knocked it down $2, there's still a dollar more than when he got into office per gallon. He is, is still $3 a gallon right now, or three thirty-five a gallon. Whereas when he got into office, it was like $1.99 a gallon. He doesn't talk about that. He just talks that he knocked it down from the $5 high, or the $7 high in, in California, he knocked it down from that. He, he, mm-hmm. he, they're amazing how they try to spin stuff. They, they lie to your face, and they expect you just to believe it. That's the, the amazing thing about well, there's uh, the there's probably politics. a lot of things that could be going on this weekend, and today is, uh, what is today? Today is, today is uh, Thursday, yes. I had to think right. about it, too. <laughs> yeah, I had to think this. I mean, tomorrow's Friday. We'll be right. going into the news cycle of the weekend. That's when the Democrats like to release things. Uh, there could be another crash in the in in uh, the banking industry and the stocks. I know that Yellen said something, but go ahead. They were talking yesterday. There was word that 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon was going to be the beginning of a depression. That was a, a rumor that was going around Wall Street it didn't happen, thank goodness. But it was out there. They were talking not recession. They were talking the beginning of a big crash. So it yeah, has. Well, actually, it might be. Actually, it is out there. You think? Because uh, I think Yellen came to give a fair warning uh, yesterday about uh, the bank and uh, what happened the week before. And, you know, when you go back to her very humble beginnings, she has never gotten one damn thing right. You know, she, but you don't challenge the Fed or anything like that. She's never gotten it right. But she did say something that was kind of cryptic yesterday. I don't have it in front of me, so I can't say, but I'm saying. Right. It may have, it might be kind of the precursor of the trigger that did go down at at 2 o'clock. And. But you have that going on. You still got all the stuff going on with China and Russia. I don't know that that's going to blow up this weekend, but that is going to blow up sometime in the very near future. But going back to what we said earlier in the show, China can choke us anytime they want to. They can choke us on fuel. They can choke us on your prescriptions because most of the you know, we were once told you you do not buy drugs out of this country. You buy them from here where we know right. what we're getting. That's right. Then, you know, well, you came from Canada. Where, where'd you get this? Well, I got it from Mexico. And we see how that's going on the news these days. Well, also, you get stuff from China. I can remember as a younger man thinking, 
we're giving away our industry. We're moving our industry offshore. This isn't a good thing. And nobody complained about it. They all liked the fact that everything was cheaper. Oh, I, I got this. It's a Japanese television set, but look at how great it is, you know. But it was made in Japan, okay? There was a time, by the way, when I was a, a little boy that if it was made in Japan, it was junk. And then over the course of my lifetime, that changed to being, ooh, it was special. It's Sony. It's Panasonic. It's Mitsubishi. It's one of these great companies. And never mind the fact that a few of those companies were also making uh, Japanese Zero airplanes in World War II, but that's besides the point. We forget about that. Uh, and now they're saying that China has done this. China has taken, they used to make their stuff in like dirty old factories that uh, didn't have a lot of great machinery. It was all handmade stuff. You didn't know about it. They would solder everything by hand, but eventually that changed. All of a sudden, as they got more prosperous, they put the money back into these factories, and they got more sophisticated. And before you know it, the Chinese were making the best uh, computers, the best telephones. Everything was coming out of China from their factories. But like you just said, all they have to do, if they got ticked off at us, is to cease trading with us. And mm -hmm. you, may, you may say, well, we don't need them. But we would have a big hole in our uh, to supply get the line. supplies to yeah. get us back on our feet in manufacturing. Everything that we're talking about here, um, we need them. Our If our electrical infrastructure goes down, the replacement components, uh, they come from China. Right. You know, uh, our strategic uh, weapons. We may have come up with the technology. Yeah. You know, uh, but technology is, is a pen to a piece of paper and some guy drawing schematics and writing down theories and formulas, and then that gets put into practicality. And then, okay, we don't have the tool and die makers here to make those those parts, you know. No, we send that over to China, and we give them. And that gives them two things: it gives them our technology to know what we've got, and it gives them the setup. And you know, they've got the manufacturing for the part. We don't. And now if we want to fuel our ships, you know, and they run off of anything fossil, hey, you got to go to China. So we've really, um, we've backed ourselves into, a, we painted ourselves into a yeah, corner. We have. And, and you got to ask yourself, how long would it take for us to, to get our factories up and running? There's a learning curve, by the way, as far as teaching our labor force how to do certain things again. Because if you if you eliminate employees in a factory because you're moving the factory to China, and then ten years later you decide on moving that factory back to the United States, well those those laborers are gone. They're doing something else. So you got to find people to staff that factory, and then you got to teach them to do the the stuff that that factory does. You know, I mm -hmm. mean, if if you're standing in line and you're soldering a, a, a widget together, then you better know how to solder a certain way. So there's going to be a, a, a curve, a learning curve. It's not going to be overnight. And and we really and truly have done this to ourselves. We've shot ourselves in the foot big time, all for the sake of capitalism and profit. And, and it, you know, I can remember seeing TV sets. And I used to grow up watching Motorola, Magnavox. They were all Zenith. They were all made in the U.S. For the longest time, for the longest time, Zenith, promoted the fact that it was made in the USA. 
that was on their boxes and on their TV sets. And you thought, wow, that's great. Even they finally capitulated. And all of a sudden, that slogan was gone because they weren't made in the USA anymore. They were made mm-hmm. overseas. And, and, you know, we never thought about it. As a consumer, you think, I don't care. I just, you know, Amazon delivered it. I got it. It's right here. It works really great. I like it. Well, that's, that's all well, well and good, except what you don't know is the guy who made that thing the originally in the U.S., he's unemployed. He and his family haven't got a job. Uh, to, they can't feed the family because they don't work anymore because they lost that job to some guy, to some kid who's being underpaid in China. Or they lost it to automation. Now, I saw one of the biggest oxymorons ever. I was watching a little bit of TV last night, and an ad came on for Amazon. Well, why is it so important? Well, let's go back a couple of days. Amazon announced they're going to lay off another 9,000 people, which is nothing because they got so many people that might be uh, not even a percent. But then they have this ad that's recruiting people to come work for Amazon and all the perks and benefits. And I'm like going, are you serious? I'm serious. Wow. It was on Fox. Oh, my God. No one asked any questions either, right? Well, no, they didn't ask any questions. And But, you know, I sent you a text yesterday. You know, uh, sadly, another shooting at a school. And I think they got the kid. You know, in which I thought, boy, there's a distraction right there. But the scrolling headline at the bottom, and if you're from Fox, pay attention. You know, the scrolling headline at the bottom was that the Fox News reporters' kids are safe. Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> I actually, I'm very happy that they're safe. Yeah. But what about the parents... We don't, they don't work for Fox News. I think they were. And they're on the job, uh, city maintenance, or they they go out and uh, they drive a septic truck and, you know, pump your septic tanks, or they're a gardener, or this, or that. What about their kids? I think the people who were shot to were, uh, they were adults. I think that one was like a guidance counselor. and, another, and it, So you'll note that it it's almost like, well, they were employees as opposed to students, so there's no real big story here. But what is but what is Biden doing this week, if he hasn't already done it? His executive order on strengthening his lockdown on guns and, you know, background checks. And I'm like going, because there, you know, a kid came through, was screened, didn't have a gun, but then when he got on campus, all of a sudden he had a gun. How'd that happen, you know? Well... Yeah. I can think of about uh, 20 ways that happened myself, you know, but you're not doing your jobs. You don't want you don't want security there to watch and check for children, children that are bringing a weapon across. And then the thought occurred, you know, you have a 16 year old that comes across with a gun. You know, do you want to be, be the police officer that saves 100 kids because you shot one kid? Now, who is the media going to focus on? Who are the activist groups going to focus on, and who's going to be the uh, the victim, and who's going to be the perp? You know, it goes to the old adage, too. It's not the gun. It's the person who fires the gun. Exactly. That's the problem. You know, if, if a guy was committing murders with a hammer, would you ban hammers? No. I mean, of course not. It's ridiculous. Hammer's a tool. Well, essentially, a gun is a tool, too. You may say, well, how can that be? Well, a lot of people still use them to hunt. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, yes, they use it for self-defense. 
And, mm-hmm. and if you ever got the honest truth from the media, you'd find that more often than you think, it has actually come in handy and protected innocent people from, uh, from being killed. They don't talk exactly. about that too much. You know, they, they kind of they bury those stories. Our media is so manipulative. It's amazing. I wanted to also point out uh, Alan Dershowitz and Greg Jarrett both had some uh, comments about uh, the uh, Bragg situation in New York, and I wanted to play it before the show ended because, because it's interesting stuff. First, we hear from Greg Jarrett, who is Fox's uh, legal advisor, and then we hear from uh, Alan Dershowitz. Probably the most cockamamie legal theory I've ever heard of Alvin Bragg. Uh, forget the statute of limitations that expired two years ago. He is bringing a case against Trump based on a misdemeanor records violation, trying to supercharge it into a felony by citing a second crime. All right, what second crime? Oh, campaign violation. But which? It can't be a state campaign violation because it was a federal election. And it can't be a federal violation because state and local prosecutors can only bring state-driven cases. Uh, You know, on top of that, he would have to prove that Trump personally was involved in falsifying records. He would have to prove that Trump understood these convoluted campaign uh, finance laws that nobody understands and then intended to violate those very laws. And finally... He's got to get around the dual purpose doctrine. The the law says that if you have a secondary purpose, like a personal or commercial reason for paying somebody money, then it's not a campaign contribution. There are two systems of justice in the United States, and our justice system is in deep trouble. We've created a special system of justice for Donald Trump. That's why I wrote my book, Get Trump. I document over and over again how different standards apply to Trump, to his lawyers, to his associates, and... A system of fair justice can't tolerate that. There is no crime here. Let's be very, very clear. Crime has to be absolutely clear. It was Justice Jackson who once said, any prosecutor can rummage through the statute books and find something against virtually uh, anyone. Uh, I think uh, Frankie Beria, the head of the KGB, put it more precisely when he said to Stalin, show me the man and I'll find you the crime. That's what's going on here. They have targeted Trump. The Attorney General of New York ran on the campaign, get Trump. Bragg essentially did the same thing. They rummaged for years to try to find something. They gave immunity to witnesses. They couldn't find a real statute, so they put statutes together. You know, it was Thomas Jefferson who once said that for a criminal statute to be valid, it has to be so clear that you can understand it if you read it while running. Now, I'm sitting, and I've been teaching criminal law for 50 years. I cannot understand this theory. But where I disagree with Jared is, I don't think there'll be a motion to dismiss that succeeds. This is New York justice. In New York, of course, you can indict a ham sandwich. But in New York, you can also convict a ham sandwich because the jury pool will be very much against Trump, and the judges will be very much against Trump. So if I were him, I would be worried. 
today. He'll probably ultimately win on appeal. But do judges today have the courage if they run for election, as prosecutors run for election, to do something favorable to Trump in a city which overwhelmingly despises Trump? That's what's wrong with this justice system. That's why Bragg shouldn't be asking the question, can I indict? He should be asking the question, should I indict? And the answer to that question is categorically no. You know, I don't know why people put noise behind uh, music behind some of these uh, audio pieces, but they do. Uh, that wasn't done by yours truly. Uh, that was done by somebody else who was on the Internet. And I wanted you to hear it because the content was important. Along the lines, this is driving the uh, the left nuts. With all of this, uh, this action around Trump, uh, the latest polls came out, and Fox announced them yesterday. And if you looked at the poll from January, Trump was mm-hmm. at 45%, DeSantis 34%. Not bad. They were close. In February, Trump was at 48%, DeSantis was at 30%. In March, March 14th, Trump was at 52%, DeSantis was at 28%. And the most recent poll, which came out a couple of days ago, uh, Trump was at 54% and DeSantis was at 26%. I mean, Trump is just getting stronger. This is why they want him in jail. I'm just saying. This is why they want him off the street. Because his DeSantis are- still has strong numbers. They could come up, but... He needs to keep his mouth shut because uh, the more he talks, the more he uncloaks. Yeah. That he's really just uh, he's a piece of paper. He's I, paperweight. I like you the know? idea of having a guy in the presidency who is not a politician, and DeSantis mm-hmm. is a lifelong politician, too. They also say he is an, uh, an acolyte uh, of... Uh, a Paul Ryan, which uh, that just turns Not me good. right off. No, it, it really is bad. Uh, we should remind people that they can reach us at our phone number, 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. We also have email, too. Yes, we do. It's uh, mail at itsanotherday.com, mail at itsanotherday.com. There's also mail at crnamerica.com. Uh, that little ban that we had on our social media got lifted within a 24-hour time period. Because, because we did nothing wrong. We did nothing wrong. It was somebody out there that uh, decided, oh, I, I don't like what they have to say. Yeah. Unfortunately, they attacked it the wrong way. With uh, Let's, not give, has to be let's not give them any hints. <laughs> there's nothing they could do about it. Yes. And, you know... The fact of the There's matter nothing is, nothing hateful out there. The fact of the matter is, we're going to have more of this stuff uh, throughout yeah. our existence because you can't please all the people all the time. All I can say. Yeah, I mean, yeah, could, uh, yes, I use social, our, uh, my personal social media, and the the social media connected with the show to help promote the show. That's that being that's said, how I do it. We remind our listeners that if you don't find us at your normal uh, download site. For some reason, if you usually download it from uh, one of the social media sites, uh, there are alternatives. We are at uh, uh, Amazon Music, Apple Music. We're at uh, Spotify. We are at iHeartRadio. We're there. We're also at our own website, itsanotherday.com. So there are places we're always going to be there, and if you don't see us, 
Uh, we normally post sometime around 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning, but uh, give us sometimes a few hours. Sometimes things happen, folks, and we get delayed. And But if it's not there like by 2 o'clock Eastern time, then something wrong. Something, yes, yeah, something's happened. Uh, and if that's the case, don't panic. Uh, we'll we'll try to rectify the problem. Um, my friend, it has been fun. It has been interesting. We'll be both watching what's happening in New York today to see whether uh, they actually try to indict President Trump. I think it will be a mistake on their part, like we said earlier. But yeah, time will and uh, if something does happen, I'll be on the road, but we'll still do a report. I'll just pull over and. Uh... Through the and what's going on through the and, wonders uh, of modern technology. Yeah, modern technology. Yeah. As long as a will, if there's a will, there's a way. We're never disconnected. Hey, my friend, you have a wonderful day and drive carefully. And we'll talk again soon. I think the other drivers really need to look, look out for me. <laughs> That's a very good yeah, point. Be on the lookout That's for a right. guy in a Silverado. Oh know, my God! Like, yes, you know, like yeah, be very careful. He's no, dangerous. Actually, I don't do that. Yeah. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>